Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the 29th of March of 2023 for historical context. We're going to be discussing an article that was recently published in the New England Journal of Medicine that is about using hydrocortisone in severe community-acquired pneumonia. Now, I have to admit that glucocorticoids are amongst my favorite medications that we use regularly in the ICU. Whether it be hydrocortisone, dexamethasone, or methylprednisolone, for example, I've built order sets into my EMR with the dosing for the respective indications. And it seems as if these indications just keep on becoming more and more endless. And so, as mentioned, this article published in the New England Journal of Medicine was published on the 21st of this month. Therefore, you know, about eight days ago, nine days or so ago. And the title of it, in case you want to Google it for yourself, is Hydrocortisone in Severe Community-Acquired Pneumonia. As always, I state to read these data for yourself. And none of this is medical advice that I'm discussing with you here today, but I'm just going to try to break apart this article for you because it's my opinion that this is one of these game-changer type of articles um, you know, it's it's in the New England Journal of Medicine, which has a high impact factor, it's highly regarded journal. Let's just break it apart because they didn't make it open access. They, they It's not free for you to download, even though I suggest you try to do your best to obtain this article and read it for yourself. But you might ask yourself, well, why do we care so much about this? Well, community-acquired pneumonia is quite the problem. These are data that were stated by the authors. I'm just going to go ahead and, and re-say it here, but... I didn't actually know this, but it's actually the ninth leading cause of death in the United States and the number one cause of infectious death. Patients who end up on the vent because of community-acquired pneumonia are said to have a mortality rate around 30%. Here's the kicker, though. We have all these fancy antibiotics, ventilators, and such here in the United States. The rest of the world may not be so fortunate. This is why looking at something as inexpensive and readily available, such as hydrocortisone in this case, is so appealing to me. Not everybody is going to be able to afford the fancy immunomodulators or whatever monoclonal antibody ends up being created to treat sepsis the day that they're created. People are going to have to resort to tried and true therapies that are in their medicine cabinets or in their hospital pharmacies to take care of patients. Really quick, why is why is why are glucocorticoids something that's so appealing? And the reality is that we've already learned uh, so much over the years that there's so many benefits to glucocorticoids. You know, we recently took care of it in the you-know-what period, which I'm not going to state here for aforementioned reasons in other podcasts. But there's new data now that using methylprednisolone may be beneficial in ACLS, and we know that steroids are something that has been proven to be beneficial over and over again in the different uh, septic shock trials. Even though I am going to mention that Recently, there was a paper that was published in JAMA Internal Medicine that kind of makes us wonder why we're not giving patients fludrocortisone in septic shock. But nonetheless, other indications for steroids in patients who are critically ill include ARDS, which came out in either March or February of 2020. And I'm grateful for that because that kind of laid the groundwork, so to speak, for utilizing glucocorticoids during the 
course of the pandemic. So when we ask ourselves, which community-acquired pneumonia patients did they provide hydrocortisone to? Well, this happens to be the patients who had severe community-acquired pneumonia. We'll get to these definitions in a second. First of all, these authors created a double-blind randomized controlled superiority trial, a definite hat tip to them. They took patients who had severe pneumonia and gave them either hydrocortisone or placebo. How they defined severity of pneumonia was of interest to me because in the ICU, we tend to only see the worst of the worst. I guess everybody is severe. But they had to have at least one of the following four criteria. The patients were either, and when I read this out to you, it's really going to seem as if it's more than four criteria, but trust me, it ends up being four at the end of the day. Patients either needed to be intubated on non-invasive ventilation, on high-flow nasal cannula or non-rebreather, or they had to have an aver- a pneumonia severity on, uh, index of 130 or greater. And I'm not going to lie to you. I had to look up what PSI, this pneumonia severity in- index was, because I had forgotten all about it. And they were going to try to enroll more than 800 patients who ended up being enrolled in the trial. But spoiler alert, the trial was stopped early. When it comes to actually dosing the hydrocortisone, these patients received 200 milligrams of hydrocortisone as a drip daily for the first four days. As a point of reference, when we give stress dose steroids to patients in septic shock, we typically provide the patients with either 50 milligrams IV every six hours or 100 milligrams IV every eight hours. Again, here they got 200 milligrams daily. Lately, I tend to provide the latter being 100 milligrams IVQ8 because it's one fewer bag that the nurses have to hang in the patient's IV pump. Then in this particular study, what they did is that on day four, the team who was running the show would either decide whether to continue for a total of eight days or 14 days. And they had all these selections to be able to differentiate between the two courses. The hydrocortisone in these patients with community-acquired pneumonia was eventually tapered off. They didn't stop at cold turkey. And all that stuff is is, uh, delineated further in the study. Primary outcomes in this study was defined as death from any cause whatsoever at day 28. Now here's where the headlines come from. In the group that received the hydrocortisone, just 6.2% of patients died. In the control group, in other words, the group that got the placebo, 11.9% of patients died. My take on this is that overall, these patients did really well in both groups. One thing that was considered to be in the exclusion criteria was the fact that patients who were in septic shock were not enrolled in the study. And in my opinion, this is one of the factors why they received mortality rates that were so low. Now, I always mention to folks who are trying to analyze data and see how, how relevant it is and how valuable it is, is to go ahead and plug these numbers into a number needed to treat calculator. And when you look at this primary outcome of mortality, you plug in the 6.2 and the 11.9 into your number needed to treat calculator, you get 17.5 which is not the best number needed to treat in the world, but it certainly is not bad at all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The secondary outcomes were plentiful and almost all of them were statistically significant. Death at day 90 was also 9.3 versus 14.7. 
This slightly inflated the number needed to treat to 18.5. Fewer patients were intubated if they received hydrocortisone for their community-acquired pneumonia. This is possibly my favorite part of the trial. This tells us that we should not wait until the patient is basically asking for the endotracheal tube before we go ahead and give them the hydrocortisone. The number needed to treat to avoid being intubated was 8.7. And I got to be honest with you, I love single-digit number needed to treats. Turns out that the hydrocortisone also helped patients to not go into shock with a number needed to treat of 10.3 with that. All these are good things. So good that, as mentioned before, the trial was stopped early. Now, all things have a downside to it, right? And people have a lot of stigma of what might be the adverse effects of giving patients stressful steroids, hydrocortisone, dexamethasone, etc. But the reality is that prior trials of using glucocorticoids and sepsis, as well as other pathologies, have almost all found increases in hyperglycemia. Okay, well, they have high blood sugar. We have insulin for that, and that's generally my response. Concerns of increases in secondary infections, delirium, GI bleeds, things of that nature have honestly not been seen in the larger trials with glucocorticoids. And this goes back to the Corticus trial, the Anon trial from, I believe, 2002, the Anon trial that, gave, that was published in, I guess it was 2018 or 2017, also with the Adrenal trial. Well, guess what? Here, history repeats itself again. There was no increases in infections nor GI bleeds here. What did they see? Hyperglycemia. And guess what? We have insulin for that. So to wrap everything up, should we actually go ahead and start providing our patients with severe community-acquired pneumonia with hydrocortisone? And in my opinion, I believe the answer to this is yes. But then again, that's not medical advice. But I'm also quite bullish on giving patients corticosteroids under the correct indications. And patients with septic shock from pneumonia should also get it, even though, you know, these patients were not enrolled into this trial. But again, that's not medical advice. This has been seen in numerous previous studies to either improve mortality or decrease the duration of shock. Nonetheless, I definitely felt the need to review this paper on this podcast as I think that this was one of these studies that could be implemented rather quickly. It's something that we already have at our respective institutions. It's relatively inexpensive and it could potentially be a game changer in the lives of our patients. And what are we here to do? change the outcome of our patients and make it as good as possible. So thank you very much as I wrap up this podcast for supporting my work and listening all the way to the end. If you haven't given the podcast a five-star rating yet, I greatly appreciate it. It'll definitely help the podcast grow. Hope you have a great day, guys. Thanks. Bye.